Alright, welcome back everybody to Can't Hurt Your Own Risk, episode 40. This is going to be part... part 7. Jesus, we're already up to part 7. Where we discuss the first uh, movie in the franchise that's not an actual part of the series in that we're going to be talking about New Nightmare or Wes Craven's New Nightmare, depending upon when you saw it originally. Uh, it came out in 1994, and it was a reimagining of the uh, the story of A Nightmare on Elm Street. And it was really probably one of the first really meta movies out there. I mean, I don't know if you guys can think about it, but I, I don't th can't think of another movie, you know, with the exception of like maybe some Mel Brooks shit that really referenced, um, you know, a crossover between a Hollywood, you know, or what happened in within a movie and the actual Hollywood itself at the same time. I mean, as we've all, we've talked about this a lot, but I mean, Scream just doesn't happen without this movie. Yeah, for sure. I mean, and, and you can see it because it was, the, uh, he don't think he did anything between this and that because he got 94 and 96. That would make sense because working on Scream probably took some time, I would think. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, um, uh, yeah, no, no directing credit or no writing credits. You know, da -da. Oh, I guess. Nope. He did Vampire in Brooklyn in between. Okay. <laughs> well, I mean that, you know, I, that's one that we brought up. I really like that as a vampire movie too. So, um, I guess this kind of turns the idea of Freddy, um, you know, on its head by kind of making him like a, almost like a tulpa or maybe like one of the, um, a cryptid or like a creepypasta. The idea that there's a demon of fear who enjoyed the amount of fear that Freddy Krueger in a nightmare on Elm street generated that he takes on, Freddy's appearance and powers and begins to haunt people in the real world um, using, you know, Freddy's appearance and powers. So instead of having Nancy and uh, I forgot what the hell her dad's name was, you know, Don, uh, Don in the, sh the movies, you have you know, Heather Langenkamp and John Saxon and Wes Craven and Robert Shea as their playing themselves within the, uh, the movie. Um, overall, I fucking, I really like this one a lot. There's, there's problems. Dylan fucking sucks. <laughs> you can't get around it. Like I get where they were going with what they tried to do with the kid. Um, I think he did a much better job a couple of years later in Mercury rising with Bruce Willis playing a, an autistic child. But, um, you know, for being as cute as he is, he's fucking annoying in this one. Um, that being said, uh, like Kenton, and I were just talking about, um, the babysitter in between, um, uh, our breaks for doing this podcast. And I think that the recreation of, uh, shit, what was her names in the first one? Who, who was the first lady who died in the Gina. first one? Tina, 
they they basically do a recreation of of her death with uh, Julie in this one, and I think it's much more better. Well, much better done than it is in the reboot. Um, I don't know. Again, this is one that Kent and I have already talked about. Um, Kent, I think you said you wanted to say something about the funeral. Yes, I'm so glad you asked. As I'm tearing through my drawers trying to find the 3D glasses. Um, so, it's funny, um, when Heather's husband, uh, Chase, dies, there's the funeral scene. And in the funeral scene, uh, I'm pretty sure you have Wes. Um, I think Wes's wife, but I don't think it's his real wife. Um, the guy who played Rod Lane. And then... Fucking Tuesday night, the Kristen number two. And why is this important, you may ask? Because Heather was never in a movie with Tuesday night. Heather was in a movie with Kristen number one, Patricia Arquette, but never did anything with Tuesday night. So why the fuck was Tuesday night at this funeral? You know what had just occurred to me? Hmm. They did the... uh the convention scene together, you know, signing autographs and uh, doing all that oh. shit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Check out the big. Well, I mean, the easy answer is they couldn't get Patricia Arquette. Well, yeah, I mean, that's... <laughs> damn it, okay. Kevin. That's that's, what, that's really what happened. I mean, <laughs> uh, but who to to also circle back to the beginning of this podcast, however many hours ago. Um, we also get another Lynn Shea appearance in this one, only instead of being the teacher, now she's the nurse giving um, our little Dylan his pills and chucking him on the shoulder and telling him he's a good boy. Is she married to Robert? That's his uh, sister. Sister, okay. Uh, well, that makes a lot of sense of why she had so much success, because... I mean, besides being a great actress, but, like, having your brother yeah. be the head of the fucking cinema, I mean, because <laughs> it uh, opens a lot of doors we, for you. We him. didn't even give Robert Shea his due props for Nightmare 5 when he was the teacher for 30 seconds. <laughs> yes, we did, we did not. Or any of the other ones. <laughs> I didn't recognize him until, you know, I saw him in this one, and then I was like, oh, shit, yeah. Um... They they redesigned Freddy's look a little bit in this one, and what did you guys think about the change? It was, I mean, I feel like they all kind of had different looks to them. This one had a much different look um, up into it. Yeah, I guess I guess it was I guess it was okay. I mean, after seeing the the documentary, they were trying to give a different look to it because this is like a this is the real Freddy Krueger, not the Robert England playing Freddy Krueger, if any of this makes sense, because this movie is so fucking meta. Yeah, I know exactly what you're saying there. Yeah. People might not understand what we're saying, but I do understand what you're saying. Yeah, it was cool. I get it. They got to keep recreating it. They got to do something different, and Wes Craven had to do his, you know, own thing again, you know. Um, And that's probably why the whole it, the movie set up the way it is. I mean, uh, I think the the actual makeup 
looks a little worse. You know, like there were there were scenes in the earlier ones where he looked still like wet and fleshy, if you know what I mean. Like you could you could expect like blood or something to come pouring out if you like fingered his face. This one it, it just kind of looks like makeup. But I did like the remake on the claws. I thought that looked a little more interesting. And the uh the coat kind of broke up the silhouette a little bit, I think. Um made it look a little a little bit better. I don't know. What did you what did you think about them using something as simplistic as Hansel and Gretel? Like, I remember. I mean, did it work for you? I remember thinking this the, the last time I watched it, and then thinking this again. I'm like, holy shit! The number of sleeping pills she took is she gonna fucking OD before she gets to herself? <laughs> Fair enough. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess it, I guess it worked. You know, um, I feel like it might have been pretty, pretty easy to finally, you know, get rid of him comparatively. You know, I mean, if you're, you're talking about an actual demon in the real world compared to, you know, uh, whatever Freddy is in the movies, I mean, that, and the resolution seemed a little to wrap up easy. I mean, I guess I don't know how else you can can say it, but um, yeah, I I enjoyed it. Um, it's not the strongest one, but I feel it's it's up in the top half. Um, like it 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 worked in its simplicity, um, which I I think was good to get a general audience. You know what I mean? Like, they didn't have to go that deep in the lore or canon of the series for people to just tune in, like, well, I know who Freddy Krueger is, but I don't necessarily know all the rules to Freddy Krueger. And you didn't need to, yeah. but everybody knows Hansel and Gretel. They could, they could rewrite it, you know? They, didn't, yeah. they could build, take what they needed from the, the canon and ignore what they didn't want. Um, yeah, I mean, that's for sure. I, I mean that helps appeal to, you know, everybody. And, um, uh, one of the things I was thinking as I was going through, um, the movie was like, holy shit. If this shit was going on, Heather Langenkamp would have so many lawsuits against this hospital when it's done. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Like fucking <laughs> giving her son a shot without fucking permission. <laughs> yeah. Like everything in the hospital was just like, I think that was the biggest struggle that, uh, Heather had in the whole movie was dealing with the fucking people at the hospital. I'm like, like, I'm like the security guards are fucking putting their hands on her and telling her she can't leave. I'm like that right there is fucking felony uh, kidnapping. Yeah, or like see her son like <laughs> yeah. after the surgery, right? The that very like omen feeling surgery. Yeah, yeah. She comes, she leaves, and he's fine. She comes back, he's in a fucking oxygen tent. Like, what the fuck is going on in this place? That's a weird-ass hospital. But then again, I mean, she didn't know that Freddy was involved, or whatever was trying to channel the essence of Freddy. Uh, right, because it's a real-world movie. Yeah. God, that messes my head a little bit. Yeah, it was definitely it, very meta. 
did did we discuss Miko Hughes at all? Uh, I don't. Well, I did. Chris <laughs> trashed him pretty good. <laughs> I mean, Chris, why are you trashing Gage? Uh, Gage from Pet Cemetery. Oh. Oh yeah, you know what? I liked him even less than that. Let's not even go there. <laughs> what about Kindergarten Cop? <laughs> uh, he was okay in Kindergarten Cop. He was he was actually pretty funny in that one scene. He, he and like was, I said, yeah. he did a he did a good job in Mercury Rising. Yeah, um, yeah. I think you were probably discussing him as I was rampantly trying to find the glasses. So I wasn't yes. sure. Yes, you, I think that was exactly what happened. Any opportunity I get to mention Gage, I am going to take. So that was my opportunity. I took it, and now I feel better about pretty much everything. Well, I do see he's got something in post-production right now called Dylan's New Nightmare, an Elm Street fan film. Yeah, that's out on YouTube. how many freaking... Oh, is it? Like, there's so much, like, offshoot stuff of Nightmare on Elm Street now. It's crazy. I have not. Uh, I haven't seen it. Gosh, I don't even know who I was just looking up. And there was just a series of them, though. Miko? What are you looking up? No, no. I was looking up something when I was watching, I want to say Freddy vs. Jason. So at some point, I'll I'll find what I'm looking for. Maybe. Probably not. But, um, shit, I mean, I don't know. I don't really have too much to add. Again, this is super fucking meta. Uh, oh, yeah. You know what? I uh, I don't normally have a thing for pantyhose, but Heather Langenkamp looked really good in the beginning when she's walking around in her pantyhose. So. Yeah, yeah. She like, you know well. you know what? In in part one, I wasn't attracted to that. I mean, she just she looks too young. You know, there are definitely certain high school movies where the the people look older. She looked she looked like a fucking young teenager. She still looked young in part three, but in this like. She matured. I was like, damn. I was like, I don't care if you can't act. <laughs> if I had dreams, you might be in them, but probably more likely Freddie would be. Uh, now, was it Robert England that was painting the picture of Freddie? Yes. In this one? Yeah. Yep. I, I, I liked that little bit, and I know I've mentioned this to Chris at the very least in past podcasts, but... When this came out, there was also a book. I bought it at Price Chopper. And it was just such a cool little book. And to find it now, it's like $105 on eBay. So not going to do it. But what was neat is, during as you're reading it, the author has these little bits in between chapters about how Freddy's entering his world as well. It's just like a neat little companion book idea that would be worth maybe $10 at most, not $105, unfortunately. I like the fact that like when all this shit goes down, everybody else is hanging around, and Robert Angle's like, fuck this, I'm out of here. I know how Freddy works, and he's just like, peace, bitches. He, he knows best, yeah. yeah. That Freddy painting was, was sick, and I actually looked up uh, Linda Newman was the artist on it, and she did work on Fre- Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas and Fight Club, where she, like, was the painter of the paintings. I got like Helena Bonham Carter, I think was painting in mm-hmm. fight club or something. And that picture sold at an, on an auction site in 2019, 17, not like super long ago. I couldn't, I didn't sign into it. So I couldn't find out how much that actual painting sold for the screen use one, but I don't know. I thought that was interesting. 
Yes. I, I th- this movie's really when when you think about it, I, I don't know. Like I think it's really loved, but I don't think it gets much. I don't think it gets talked about like the others do. Yeah, you know, I think people forget about it. Well, it, it came at the right when horror was dying. It it didn't have a number in the title to connect it to the other ones. Um, yeah, it didn't have Elm Street in the title either. Yeah. So so yeah, I mean, if you look up a Nightmare on Elm Street, this one doesn't pop up whenever you're searching for it. Yeah, it's not in the uh, series it either. It didn't do as well um, at the box office. It's actually probably the weakest one out of all of them. Yeah, it's $8 million on an $18 million budget. So it did real bad. Wow, that's on... Uh, other way around, but still, that's that's pretty bad. Eight million budget and eighteen million. Oh, was it the- that that still. doesn't? Yeah, that doesn't. I mean, that still doesn't make up its marketing costs. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. right. Um, um, but I mean, overall, it's it's pretty well written. I mean, Heather Langenkamp definitely had some acting lessons between one and this. Um, none of the other people really detract. Dylan goes over the top for some of the shit, but then, you know, every once in a while he gives a really good fucking line reading. Like when he's like, Julie right behind you, you know, that that's actually a good scene from his point of view. Um, most of the special effects hold up, although the, um, the scene on the highway does not. No, no, yeah, that one is bad. It's too crazy. Like with the, with the Freddy claw where he picked Dylan up. And the yeah, that's where it kind of yeah. like I'm, I'm with it. You can tell that it's like whatever, like um, like green screened. But when the glove picks Dylan up, that's when you're like, okay, I, I can't, you know, suspend disbelief anymore. No, not only not only that, you, I don't care what fucking freeway you're on, but you see somebody running across this, the freeway, people are going to start slowing down, and when you see people behind in front of you slowing down, you're going to slow down. It's not going to be like somebody's running across the freeway and everybody's just going to keep, oh, let's fucking do 90 towards this bitch. Right. Um, now, did any, any of you guys see this in the no. theater or no? I... 94? I still hadn't... Uh, uh, like yeah. I don't know, like my dad would have had to go and see it first, and he didn't go see it in the theater either. It was like the same year that like Forrest Gump, uh, Pulp Fiction came out. Like there was like, sh- yeah, there was like a lot of like yeah. really good movies. I remember this is kind of like the turning point of like of watching movies for me, um, and and I liked Wes Craven's New Nightmare, like. We all, like, my friends watched it, uh, you know, it was in 7th, 8th grade at the time. Uh, so we liked it, but it was way too ahead of its time for me to, you know, be like... To, but I would watch it, or at least the beginning part, a lot, because it was on TV a lot, and those ones would play over and over again, like the newer ones, that and 6th. Right. See... This, Freddy's Dead actually started my streak of seeing 
like I saw the every other one in the theater after well since Freddy's dead, so I've seen four of them now in the theater. Uh, kind of hit or miss, quite frankly. So two hits, two misses, I would say for me. I um I really feel that that 1998 was when I really started going to see horror in the theater. So no, this one I wouldn't have. I didn't, I didn't catch this one until um you know I didn't even watch it. Back in the day, until um, we did the the blog, Kent. Yeah, dude, that seems so freaking long ago, and it probably was at least five years ago. Well, we that we, we started doing the um, the, sh- the the podcast in what twenty seventeen when Game of Thrones was on. That sounds about right. And I think so. we were doing the blog for at least a year or two before that. Yeah, gosh, you're old. Yeah, I fucking am. <laughs> I got a fucking 19-year-old nephew. Jesus Christ. Oh, yeah. Well, I'll do it. All right. Well, do we have anything else we we really need to add, or can we get to something new and exciting? So the one part that I really liked about this movie, and it really confused the hell out of me when I saw it the first time, is and I, and I really appreciate it now, is when... Um, it goes back to Heather is not now Nancy and not Heather anymore. And that scene with John, John Saxton, where she's like, John, he's like, why are you calling me John? And she's like, why, why are you even calling me Nancy? Like this, that weird turn of like, what was going on that they are now back into the first movie. That was I don't know. I remember seeing that the first time and just being like, what the hell is going on? Um, and then like, then you can see the gray strip in her hair. I, I put it together a lot easier this time, but I mean, I wasn't watching those movies. Like I didn't watch the first one to watch number like Wes Craven's new nightmare. Like it was just on and you just catch up with it. What was up with and, their uh, desire to always add like gray to Nancy's hair? Because they did it the original. I don't. Like, I it's don't just know. a weird thing. Well, I thought it was stress, right? Yeah. Like yeah. to add stress. Yeah. So. I always feel they outside of that. I don't maybe know. I don't know. But they but it made it work for this scene that they didn't of a movie they never planned on making. Right. Yeah. But it it worked for that. Um and the only other thing about it was I f- like the so the opening scene with the tech assistants and the glove and then uh and then like they they get killed with the glove and then you it like cuts to Heather Langenkamp waking up cuz that was her dream or whatever and then later on like like she sees like the news where it reports that those people died and I just thought it was like super strange that you open the scene and you're like, oh my God, they died. And you're like, oh no, they didn't. And that was always kind of like, just put me in like a disarming mood. Like I felt cheated. Like, yeah, you see death, but they're not really dead in the movie. And then it turns out later on that they did die and you get these little like two second clips of it. I feel like I was like, uh, cheated two more deaths in that section of the film. But I have a question. I don't know. Did you guys? Like, Shoot. I don't know if it's kind of to go along with what you're saying, but, like, did it feel at all weird that you didn't really get the house in this one? 
Like, did it feel weird not to have the house? But you do get the house. But then they, they, they you get that. But like yeah, the, the part uh, that, uh, just the yeah, front the part of it. That Kevin right? was talking about when, um, when she she transitions to actually being Nancy from being Heather Langenkamp. Uh, when she goes to go back into the house, it's the house. Oh yeah, okay. One, pardon me. I, it, that was the one. This is the one movie I didn't get to this week. So you know what? Can't we've oh, yeah, been talking for what almost four hours now? There, it's yeah. it's it, dude. My mind's going numb too. It's no problem. <laughs> yeah, an hour. Fair enough. All right. I retract my question. All right, guys, we will be back in just a minute then for our take on Freddy versus Jason from 2003.